0: We all want to make money. There is no question around that. The question is, which of the four paths are we going to select? We can become an employee. That is also a good idea. If you know how to handle that, we can become what they call in English, a virtuoso that we're going to check that later, a business person or an investor. And it's important, it's mandatory that we understand what is the best path for us because we are like vehicles and some vehicles will work better in the employee path. Another uh, vehicle would work better in the business path. Let me tell you my story. When I was uh, in my first years in the university, my mother got me a job in the um, Interbank University. Universi- uh, Interbank, the bank Interbank here in Peru, they have their own kind of university or institutes. So I was working there and I realized that in order to work with Interbank, I had to wear suits, tenía que usar terno. I had to be very formal. The way that I speak had to be, you know, I had to take care. I couldn't say some words. So I figured out that, that the employee path was not the best one for me. I figured it out that I was more like a business person slash what they call virtuoso. And what is a virtuoso? A virtuoso is a person who has a skill that is so good that you can always make money using that skill. We have there the athletes, we have the influencers, we have the singers. Any person who has a skill that is scary in the market always will be able to monetize that. And then you have also the investor. The investor is the person that can predict trends, the person that can see the future. I predict this trend is going like this, so I can put money and you are buying the potential and selling the outcome. As I mentioned, I figured out this early when I was maybe... 18 years old that I was more like a business person or freelancer, but not all the people are like that. Some people are better as employees. Um, I have the case, for example, a close friend of mine, she's working in La Ricardo Padme, the university, and now she's kind of in the top management positions and she started as a teacher. So if you are more like a corporate person, the question is how can you level up your game? What skills, what degrees, what contacts do you need to increase? your uh, position. And I believe one of the biggest mistakes that we find is that people try, for example, people that are better fit as an employee, they try to become a a business person when they are not ready for that. Uh, Something extra related to employee is that you can be an employee, nothing wrong with that, but always you need to find a way to leverage that to find like a second source of income. For example, if you are an employee, you are working in a company, the question is From all the activities that you offer to the company, is there one activity that you can offer also as a freelancer? And if you start doing that, you become a virtuoso. Simple as that. Another option. Let's say that you are an employee. Maybe you are an employee, but you see that within your company, there is a problem that you can fix. You can solve this problem. You can create a system, a parallel system to, to help your company, and you can sell this to your company. So now you are the employee, and also you are the supplier and once that you realize that you can fix the problem of your company you can start fixing the problem of other companies and you can become an employee and also a business person. You can be both things, but remember always which is the best path for you always we are going to have one that is the best and the other are going to support our top um, skill or ability and also if you' are an employee, you can become an investor. Why? Because the employee, especially if you work in big corporations, you have data, you have information that the average person doesn't have. So you can invest first in things that people don't know. For example, your company, they have a project. Let's say that you're working in a university and you know, they are going to open a new location in, I don't know, in, in, in San Juan de Miraflores, for example, here in, in, in Lima, Peru. Okay. If they are open, you know where is going to be the location. You can buy a little apartment or a little house or, or a, a plot of land, un lote de terreno, next to that project. Why? Because you have the information first. So, just to wrap this idea, what I'm trying to tell you is that it doesn't matter if you're an employee, a, a virtuoso, a business owner, or an investor, always try to first put most of your energy, time, and focus in that area and then try to leverage with the other ways of making money. Let's try to go with some common mistakes that I can tell. But before I was forgetting, (laughs) friendly reminder, I get excited with this shit. Friendly reminder, if you want to take your life to the next level, go to inglesparacholos.com. If you want to have a community of people that are also professionals and also want to improve their English and their skills, go to the website inglesparacholos.com and also spread the word. Tell the people to go to Uncle Valta on Spotify. One of the common mistakes that happen when we find out which is our best path, for example, In my case, I realized, okay, it's kind of between the virtuoso and the business person. You find your path, but one common mistake is trying to start from scratch, from zero. No, always try to use the resources that you have. Um, In my case was, for example, my mother's house. My mother's house is located in Surquillo, in a corner of Surquillo. It's a centric place. It's uh, good for commerce. So I was doing e-commerce, but people were able to pick the products from her house. That helped me a lot. If I didn't have that house, if I didn't have my mother helping me to, to deliver the packages or at least receive the customers, that would be harder for me. And that is a mistake that I see many people are making. They don't use their, their, their parents' expertise, resources, or a habits, or business. You have the case of this guy, the veterinarian Rondon. He continued the business. The veterinary of his father, he continued the business of the father. You have the case of Nyawi, it's a, a eyes clinic, una clínica de ojos. The father started the company and the son continued the company. What I'm trying to go here is that you don't necessarily need to follow the path or the steps of your parents, but what we should do is or continue their business or at least continue their expertise or their skills. Uh, it's a kind of a, a interesting story, but my mother, she had an institute uh, for decades, for 20 years or 25 years. Um, After some years, after 10 years, then I started education. So sometimes we have in our genes the skill and expertise. So that's why it's important to continue the legacy and also use the resources of our relative. If we have contacts, if you have a friend in one specific corporation, always try to use that contact. Try to use all the resources that you have at your disposal because you don't want to start from zero. And whenever I see a person, especially these financial gurus or these influencers that appear on YouTube, when they call that they are self-made, I doubt it a lot because most of the people are not self-made. Always you have someone that helped you in one part of your life. Um, could be your family, could be in my case, for example, was not only my family, was also my gym trainers, not gym trainers, but the martial arts trainers. I had a lot of good advice from uh, Tony De Souza. A lot of good advice from my wrestling, my professor de lucha, Pokis. So it's like we need to use what we have around that to improve our path to wealth, and that's why we need to be with the ears open. And talking about ears open, today I was checking a podcast, an interview. uh, The interview, the person interview was Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is also a bold guy, is un calvo and he knows a lot. He mentioned two things that called my attention, and is. When you want to start anything in your life, any endeavor, any startup, any career as a freelancer, always is kind of um, scary. You feel like, oh, what happened if I fail? What happened if I don't achieve what I am expecting? And that's why we should always try to be more um, friendly with ourselves and call it like a test. Instead of saying I'm going to start a business, you can say I'm going to test a business. Instead of saying, I'm going to start my career as an influencer or I'm going to start my freelancer career, I'm going to test my freelancer career for two years. It's important that you give enough time. So in that way, it's first not that scary because, you know, worst case scenario, you just lost two years of your life, but you try something. And always when you try something, you will learn extra skills. So it's not that you get empty-handed at the end of the two years, but you are allowing yourself to test. One of the biggest mistakes that many people do is that they never risk. That's why they never win. Until inflation start to destroy their salary, and when they are desperate for money, now they want to risk. But but that time is late. And by the way, by that time, most of the people already have kids, so it's harder. You want to risk when you are single. If you are single and no kids, is much easier. So that is the first thing. We need to allow ourselves to test. And the other thing that I like is he mentioned. What is the number one skill that will help your life, that is going to improve your life? And he said, learn to allocate all your energy, focus and time to things that you can control and also the opposite. Try to reduce the amount of time, energy, and uh, focus in the things that you can control. How many times we see people thinking about damn shit? For example, thinking if your girlfriend is cheating on you, thinking about how the economy is tanking, thinking about shit that you can't control. And it's true, we need to have an idea of what is happening in the world. Sometimes I go to YouTube and I check, you know, the people talking, oh, Bitcoin is crashing, it was in 48,000, now it's in 40,000, the ETF, yes, it's cool to understand, that is kind of la telenovela, what I call, la soap opera, but 90% of our time, 95% of our time has to go like laser focus, what are those activities that move the needle, que mueven la aguja? Every day, we need to have maybe three or four activities. Uh, and now something that is working for me, and I learned this from this guy, Ed Milet. He said, how can you shank two days in, in one? So how can you have the activities of two days done in one day? And he said, and later you will ask, how can you chunk the activities of one week in one day? But I mean, in two days for one day, that's what I'm doing now. What I'm doing now is I create two blocks of time. Two hours and a half, more or less, in the morning and two hours and a half in the afternoon. In those two hours and a half, I run like motherfucker. I, For example, you ask me now, in the afternoon, um, I, I, I work in the morning, I nap, cabeceo, la siestecita, and then I have two hours and a half extra. One of those activities has to be creating content. This is the, the creating content activity. The other is sales. That is the WhatsApp thing. The other is the coaching to the cholos. Okay, that's the other. The other one is the training. And then the other one is research. Research, I I allocate that at the end of the day because for me that's relaxing. I can do three hours of research per day at the end. I don't count that into the two hours and a half. But the point that I'm trying to make here is we need to try to fit as many activities as possible in the smallest period of time, but not any activities, activities that really move the needle. And part of that is understanding what is important And what is the frequency of things? Today, if you check my YouTube channel, I upload a video about how the relationship market is broken. I upload only two videos per week. I could do one per day, but even though it's an important activity, too much of the same activity doesn't make sense. Too little also is a problem. Um, Basically, that is the the last thing that I would like to include here before I I add the John Cena wisdom that I'm going to mention at the end of this uh, episode is that we need to find first our path early employee, virtuoso, business or investor which of those four is the first path that we should allocate that is the first thing the earlier you start the easier will be because in the same way that money compounds also wisdom compounds with time and it compounds when you know where you are going where you are heading so I hope you like this first part now I want to share with you The Wisdom of John Cena. This was going to be a full episode of John Cena, but I wanted to cover the the four paths to wealth better. But anyway, I'm going to share with you rapidly four nuggets of John Cena. The first one, interesting fact about him, is that he only spent his screen time on his cell phone. It's just 150 minutes per week. Sick, right? Many people have like six hours or eight hours per day. John Cena with more than two million followers on Instagram and no, but basically everybody in the world, he only spent 150 minutes on the cell phone per week. He mentioned two things that caught my attention related to the social media. He said, you shouldn't attach your life to a platform. And that is true. How many people do we know that they don't they don't document their life on social media? they live for the social media. So they are thinking, how can I create more content? And that gives you too much anxiety, too much stress. He said this, our most important resource is time. So we need to know how much time are we willing to invest on the social media platforms? And one thing that he included there was, which is the platform that makes more more sense to invest your time? If you go to the Gary Vee, to those guys, say, oh, you should do content in all the platforms. But sometimes you don't have that much time. Invest your time in the platform that makes more sense. And if you can, delegate the other platforms to other people or try to use technology. That is the first part that I found found a genius from John Cena. The other one was about Mandarin. As you know, uh, he speaks fluent Mandarin. Um, I can tell you in my university, they asked us to to speak three languages well Spanish, English was also mandatory and then, as a third option, we had the, the alternative of um, Italian, Portuguese, Chinese, or French. At the beginning, the only options available was Italian, French, and Chinese so of course, I took Italian because it was the easiest one and um, many of my friends took Mandarin because they say, oh yes, Mandarin, so we can do business with China. <laughs> Terrible idea. Uh, in the case of John Cena, he took Mandarin because he had a plan. He said, you know, the WWE is not penetrating China. So if I learn a Mandarin, I can enter to that country. And also the WWE gives the benefit of paying all the studies. All the if you want to learn something. The WWE pay you if you are an employee or if you are like an athlete. So that is something that also I I want to rescue. We need to take advantage of all the benefits that we have. Starting from the government benefits. Do we have loans, préstamos del Estado? Do we have tax breaks? Do we have, um, if you want to start a business, is there like a MIPe way to, to do the paperwork faster? For example, my company. I I did it in less than 20 minutes because it was a benefit of the government. So try to take advantage of all the benefits that we have. That is the the wisdom. And also try to learn something that is inside a project. Always, I want to learn this because of that. In that way, I pay more attention. Now, fun fact here. At the end, his plan didn't work in the way that he thought. He couldn't uh, enter to China because the Chinese market is too different. Um, it's very unlike as I mentioned it's easier to go to South America to France but the Chinese market is a pain in the boss, but at least he tried what is important and the extra two things that I wanted to mention here is that he is uh, he started as a WWE pro wrestler but then you see him on Fast and Furious or movies he learned how to become an actor now he's spending time with comedians he wants to improve his comedy and he's so fucking funny he was in this show, Impulsive, in the podcast. And I was laughing so fucking hard with this guy, with uh, with John Cena. So he is funny now. His stacking skills is not enough to, to be a pro wrestler. You can always add more. And that is a mistake that many people... And By the way, when people make this mistake, that's when they become old. When they say, I'm just this profession. You never want to square yourself in one or, or put yourself in a box. You want to be versatile as much as possible and the last thing is uh, what he called the superman complex we all have faces in our life it's like uh, for example uh, when you are in your from 20 to 30 yeah you you go to the gym you are the fitness guy okay it's cool yeah you, you show a blow picture of you naked all the time you blow picture maybe of party yeah that makes sense when you are from 20 to 30 but after 30 keep this dumb uh, behavior it <laughs> doesn't make sense now you are supposed to mature and uh, you need to show your maturity on social media. You need to allocate your time in the things that make more sense. This is something I share with you in the morning. And it's from 20 to 30, you are in your exploration part. Okay, I'm testing skills. I, I'm trying to understand what works, what doesn't work. From 30 to 40 is all in in the things that you know that are working. It's no more time to, to mess around, to lose time. No, no. From 30, 40 is building assets like motherfucker. Because this is the last window of time that we have peak health so we can enjoy the benefits of our assets after we are 40. So basically that is the John Cena wisdom that I wanted to share with you. Um, always, I believe it's a good investment. Try to study the life of people who are successful. Anybody that is in the top of their business could be a pro wrestler, could be an athlete, a singer. I was checking about the, the life of a Taylor Swift. And I'm going to summarize this this fast. What happened with Taylor Swift? Her masters, as you know, in music, there are the masters that are the original, were not owned by her. So there was a moment that I think the, the label, La the Disquera, they sold the masters to another person and she was so disappointed. And she recorded by herself all her songs. Again, from zero, from scratch. He recorded like four or five albums during COVID. To have also her own masters and that was genius that was a way to say fuck to the system but well that's where i'm trying to go It's like let's do research on the successful people and let's try to pick as much as we can from that i hope you enjoyed this episode remember if you want to contact me you can text me to my whatsapp 51 98 23 986